Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Views Our Own and session nine of our new voices series, the show taking you through new journalists entering the industry and celebrating their work. I'm Misha and I'm joined as always by Sophie. Hello everyone. And today we're having a lovely chat with Francesca Hughes. Francesca is a disabled freelance journalist who in 2019 was the BBC Young Reporter of the Year. She's written for lots of great publications, amongst those of Vice and HuffPost. We're really excited to have you here, Francesca. Welcome to the show. So if you want to introduce yourself a bit more to our listeners and just let them know what you're up to, what got you started in the media industry and all of those kind of things. I'm a freelance journalist and my work focuses on disability, social issues, and entertainment and culture. I would say my start was a bit unusual. My school didn't have any student publications or anything like that, so I couldn't get involved that way. The summer after I did my GCSEs, I was really bored and I just wanted to write. And I'd always been one of those cliche kids going around with a notebook. And I applied to this American website called Affinity Magazine. Their work is similar to the independent and empower word journals. They help give people their first bylines and meet other young people interested in journalism. So I applied for that. I got accepted and I did that through a couple of months and I really enjoyed it. Although it was a bit hard with the time difference because it's based in America, although the writers are international. From there, I decided that I wanted to take it more seriously and pursue it further. Around the same time, I had joined Twitter and I'd seen on there that Simon Brew, who founded Den of Geek and now Film Stories, was looking for new writers for his first issue of Film Stories. So I decided to send him an email because what I'd been writing at Affinity was a lot of TV and film type content. So I sent him a pitch email, which was my first ever pitch. I was very nervous about it. He commissioned it. He wanted me to write it. So it was quite a fluke and I wasn't expecting it. After that, I wrote a few more articles for Film Stories and I got to know other people through Journal Twitter. I would say about five months after that was when I got involved with BBC Young Reporter. One of my dad's work colleagues had seen it advertised and knew I liked writing articles in my spare time and was like, you should apply for this programme. Basically, how it works is you have to report on an issue that is personal to you. And I decided that I wanted to report on how social media has helped me meet other disabled young people because I felt quite isolated and alone in certain things that I'd gone through. At the time, and to an extent it still is, I felt that social media was being unfairly demonised and obviously I appreciate that there are a lot of negatives that come with it but I wanted to highlight something positive. I applied with my story and I found out that I got picked. I was filmed in my school and meeting one of my online friends for the first time and I got to be on the 6 o'clock news which was honestly quite terrifying and I think if I had thought that was going to happen I probably wouldn't have applied because I would have been too nervous. I'm glad I did it and it definitely increased my passion for journalism and made me realise it was what I wanted to pursue. Well, it definitely seems like a long string of fantastic events leading to a very happy, very lovely conclusion. 
as you said, you've written about a whole range of different topics, ranging from specifically cultural pieces about different and stories in media and entertainment, but also stories about disability and how your experience is shared with that. With such a wide range of interests and subjects to write about, what is it about a topic that sort of galvanizes you into wanting to write about it? What, what sort of lights that spark that makes you think, okay, I really want to do a piece on this? I would say it's generally something that I feel has been overlooked, regardless of which category it sits into, of those topics I'm interested in. So, for example, the first piece I pitched and wrote for film stories was about how I felt that teen and coming-of-age films didn't really show any positive female friendships. Those do very much exist. And I wrote a piece about my experiences, and I highlighted some films that I think did that well and this was before Booksmart come out which is very much focused on teen female friendship but at the time that wasn't around and that is because I felt that that was being overlooked in a similar way to the BBC Young Reporter story about social media I felt like the positives of that were being overlooked I try and focus on highlighting things that I feel aren't being discussed yeah, that's certainly a really good way to find ideas and gather stories and also give them a personal touch. So in terms of the broader industry, what areas of it are you especially interested in and why is that? I'm interested in writing because I quite like having the time to put my thoughts down and like edit them and go through them. In terms of the, my areas of interest and topics, I'm obviously interested in disability and entertainment, but I'm also interested in how those intersect. So I would like to work on media representation of disability because I do think there's a lot that needs to be done to improve that area. It's fantastic that there are an increasing amount of voices that are looking to write about these topics and give it the limelight that it deserves. And we'll be talking about one of your articles that sort of breaches the gap between entertainment and disability later. In terms of the work you've done so far, what have been some of the favourite opportunities or experiences that so far in your career have managed to have? What have been your favourite sort of moments? Being on the Six Clock News really was a highlight because it's not something that I ever imagined myself being able to do. And also, although people in my family knew I was interested in journalism, I think the older family members like my grandparents didn't quite understand it, although they were supportive. So it was nice for them to be able to see me doing it. I also enjoyed recently writing my HuffPost piece about my experience fighting to try and get the vaccine because HuffPost was a goal publication in mind somewhere I really wanted to write for for a long time and I was glad that I had the opportunity to write about it because it was a frustrating experience. I was glad that I was able to share that experience in the piece um, and after I've written it. Other young disabled people messaged me and said that they were going through the same thing and they were glad that I was writing about it. So that was really nice to get that feedback. Both of those sound like some really great experiences. I mean, being on the six o'clock news is obviously huge. That must have been an amazing feeling, but I totally get what you were saying earlier about it also being quite nerve-wracking. <laughs> I can imagine that. So let's talk a bit about one of your articles next. You wrote for Vice and you wrote an article titled The One Good Thing About Cinema's Closing. For some disabled people, the move to online streaming has been a welcome change. 
it's a really great article but can you tell us a bit about what you wrote about in it and how you had the idea for it I had the idea over Christmas time because I think over that weird period of relaxation, more more people watch films now, especially on streaming services. And I noticed that a lot of them had more accessible options like audio description and closed captions. And that is not something that I personally need, but it's something that I think is very important. Especially on new releases like Song, that wouldn't have been available before so quickly because it wouldn't have been released on streaming until it had been in the cinema and then a break between that. So yeah, it was just watching more streaming content that got me thinking about it and how that was a change from traditional cinemas. Of course, because of the pandemic, so much has been forced onto streaming. And throughout the debate, there's so much focus just on, you know, the venture of cinemas closing or the disadvantages of just having everything on streaming platforms. But it's good that you're offering, like, a very different take and ensuring that a voice that may not have been previously heard as much gets to give their view on the subject. So was that what you were trying to do in that front? What was your aim in writing this piece and why did you think it was an important article to write? That really was my aim. Don't get me wrong, I enjoy a trip to the cinema, much as most other people. I'm a big film lover. I do think some films are better experienced on a big screen, but a lot of disabled people don't always have the most positive experience in that environment. And I felt that was not being talked about or discussed. I want cinemas to continue, but I also think cinemas have their pros and cons inside just streaming and they can coexist. I do feel that a lot of traditionalists were demonising streaming over the pandemic and I wanted to show that there were some positives with streaming too. No, that's definitely a really important perspective and the article obviously found its home at Vice. How was that pitching process like and how did the article get commissioned? Well, as soon as I had the idea, my first thought was Vice. I know that they do a lot of culture and society focused pieces, so I just thought it would be a good home for it. I pitched it to Phoebe Hurst at Vice. I didn't hear anything back for quite a while. And then a couple of days after I pitched it, I saw another Vice editor's tweet saying that she had like 300 emails and it was such a struggle to get through them all. And after I saw that tweet, I just considered pitching it to other places, thinking of other outlets, because I thought they've got a very overwhelmed inbox. I'm not sure whether it's going to be seen, even if I follow it up. About 10 days later, Phoebe emailed me saying that she wanted to commission the piece and thought it offered an important perspective on the debate. Well, it's good that they managed to get that commission. And the piece is obviously very detailed going into not just the personal experiences of you, but also hearing the voices of other journalists, campaigners and disability groups. What was the process of gathering all those different people to talk to for the article? Why was it important to have all these different voices and how was the process of interviewing them for it? I really want to have as many different voices as possible because, yes, I'm a disabled person, I'm a disabled journalist, 
but disability is not a monolith and I can only offer one perspective and I wanted to make sure that I could share other people's experiences. My initial idea was that I would interview other disabled people but Phoebe suggested that I also contact different organisations which is how I started to have a wider um, remit for the debate and who we interviewed. Liam and Charlie, two disabled activists, I interviewed for the piece. I already had them in mind when I was pitching it because I interact with them both on Twitter and they both share their experiences a lot. I think when you're pitching something that's quite personal, it's important to have people in mind that will be willing to share their experiences because not everyone will want to and that's understandable. I put out a journal request on Twitter and Liam and Charlie both actually responded before I tagged them or contacted them. And a couple of the organisations that were featured in the final piece saw the journal request and contacted me because of that. So I do think that that's a useful hashtag and term to use when looking for case studies and people to interview. It definitely is. So in terms of the process when you were writing it, and you've kind of alluded to the collaboration with the editors at Vice, but how was that collaboration like? How did it work? And what was the process from your pitch being accepted to it then being published? My first draft had a week turnaround, which I was nervous about, but luckily it worked out. I was worried that I wouldn't be able to find enough case studies in time, but luckily I did. The editing process and process of collaboration was just a lot of fine-tuning and thinking about what the structure of the piece should be. I was very conscious that I didn't want to centre my experiences too much, but Phoebe encouraged me to start the piece with my personal experience and then build out from there which was something that wasn't in the first draft I had my own experience further down the article it was also a lot of researching together and finding data about the rise in streaming the number of viewers the films that went to streaming that would have previously been in the cinema it was just a lot of research, finding data, back and forth, and thinking about what the best structures of the piece would be. Well, the work you did for the piece has certainly come through on it. As, as I said, it's a fantastically detailed piece, so congratulations on it. Just to close off talking about this article, this is a piece that came out, I believe, in mid-February. What's the response been since then? Have you heard back from a wide variety of different voices, and how do you feel looking back on it personally? I'm, I'm really proud of it. It's an issue that I'm really passionate about. And if I hadn't have found a home for it, I think I would have been pretty sad because I, I, I wanted to highlight the issue. It's had a really good response. I've had messages from people saying streaming has helped them. And they were glad that I was writing about it. I also had a message from a disabled person saying that they'd been thinking about some of the same issues but didn't know how to put it into words. So we're glad that I put it out there. It just made me really happy that something that I'd written and worked hard on had helped others. Yeah, that's a really great response and something that a lot of journalists really aim for. So it's great that you've managed to achieve that. So now that we've spoken lots about your great article and your general journalism work, it's time for our ever popular segment, Quickfire Questions. Are you ready to answer some fun questions for us, Francesca? Yes. 
I'll start with a few of them and then Michelle take over. So let me kick off by asking you, what is your favourite publication? That's a difficult one. I read quite a lot of different things. I would say maybe The Independent because I think they cover a lot of different issues. I also like ID because I really think they platform a lot of new artists. And I feel like I learn about new creatives when I read their pieces. Those are some really great ones. So let's see. Out of everywhere in the world, what would be your favourite holiday destination? Where would you really want to go someday? I've always really wanted to go to Canada. Yes, I love that. I was meant to go. I've never been there, but I just think it looks really beautiful. And there's so much nature to explore. And it's a very different landscape from here in the UK. But I'd rather not go there in the winter (laughs) because it looks absolutely freezing. Yeah, definitely. Understandable. (laughs) I want to go in summer and enjoy the nice lakes and mountains in that way rather than when it's freezing cold. So if you could make a documentary about anything, what would it be about? I think I would like to make something about accessible technology and how to improve that because I do think a lot of it is either inaccurate or too expensive for an average person to own and use so how that can be made better and help more people. There's a fantastic charity called Remap that make access solutions for disabled people for free but all of them are volunteers So it would be interesting to see how something like that could be made more sustainable and ultimately help more people. That sounds really interesting. I would definitely be first in line in terms of watching that. So when you're not writing, what are you doing in your spare time? What do you do to relax, unwind and just when you're not working, basically? I really enjoy reading. I use a lot of ebook library apps like Libby. I found that really useful in the pandemic because I miss going to my local library. Before the pandemic I also enjoyed swimming but I haven't done that in quite a while because obviously everything is shut. Yeah, I completely relate to that library point. I oh, I love reading and I just want to be surrounded mm. by books all the time. Have you got a favourite book? The Heart is a Lonely Hunter is one of my favourite books. It's about a man in a small town in America experiencing a lot of isolation. And because he is deaf and mute, people feel like they can confine with him. It's really made me think about the different versions of ourselves that we all play and who we feel we can open up to because each character is very different around him than they are in other parts of the novel. That sounds super interesting. I'll definitely have to check that out. One for the reading list. Exactly. So, Misha, do you want to go for a few questions? Yeah, I can take a few questions now. So, Francesca, you talked a bit about books. What are some things like TV shows and films that you're really enjoying at the moment? I don't know whether either of you have watched it, but I really love the TV show This Is Us. Oh, no, I'm familiar with it. Nice choice. It's one of my um, favourite shows, and it always draws me in because it is quite (laughs) an emotional show, but I feel very invested in the characters. 
No, that's a sign of an excellent character drama when it really draws you into the emotional experience and gets you empathizing with them. So yeah, fantastic choice then. Who are some of your favorite journalists and uh, to read and follow whose work you find really inspiring and whose style you really enjoy? I really love Seren Kale at The Guardian. I think her features are incredibly detailed and also very unique. Like I never would have thought about writing about having a coca-cola addiction but her feature on it was very eye-opening and made me think about fizzy drinks in a different way no wonderful choice now this is a question we sort of have to ask on this show but are you more of a cat person or dog person i'm definitely a dog person oh sophie will be happy to hear that yes (laughs) i'm very very happy to hear that like extremely happy I have to say thank you because cats are currently winning in the tally and I'm not happy. Okay, and to close us up, what is some of your favourite music to listen to? I really like Taylor Swift. I feel like I could just analyse loads of her lyrics, like I'm in an English lesson or something. I also really like First Aid Kit and Casey Musgrave. I'm, I'm just into singer-songwriters and people that focus on lyrics because I do think music itself is important, but I just feel like I enjoy it a lot more when I can dig into the storyline of the song. Completely relate on that Taylor Swift note. I mean, I was so excited for all the new releases. Oh my God. Anyway, you've given some great answers and made me very happy this morning so thank you and thanks for coming on the show and chatting to us it's been an absolute pleasure having you and we hope you've enjoyed talking to us as well if our listeners want to find you and your work on social media and beyond where can they do that my twitter handle is franarella or fran ariella depending on how you want to say that that's mainly where I share my work and my portfolio website is also linked there. Perfect. We'll have links to her profile and the article we've discussed in Vice in the episode description. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of New Voices. We do have a new one of these every other Tuesday and we have a new episode of our main show every Friday. So feel free to go and listen to all of those. Our socials are Views Our Own on both Twitter and Instagram. And we'll be back on Friday with another brand new episode. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye, everyone. Bye.